Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by TaxLeak. TaxLeak offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let TaxLeak show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit TaxLeak.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. Now, fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the ECU game. The Bearcats take down ECU 83-55 at Fifth Third Arena. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Yeah, man, I thought it was pretty pretty good, man. Probably like a 35 out of 40-minute performance, but they handle business, see what they need to do, especially coming off of losing to um, Houston, where you think about it, if they play a certain way, they might have a chance to pull off the upset. But um, they did what they were supposed to do, man. You can't turn a one-game losing streak to a two-game losing streak, especially when you're playing ECU. They handle business, beat them, blew them out, let the walk-ons get in, and I'm happy with the performance overall, man. So I'm not going to nitpick or complain about this one. They just got to, you know, now it's on the SMU. Okay, short and sweet. Yeah. Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah. First off, I think what stuck out to me was the performance of Landers Nolly. I mean, just got to give a shout out to him. I know last night in the presser, he wanted to make it clear. <laughs> it was a double-double. It was a 20 and 10. All the yep. stack cap systems uh, yep. had him at 20 and 9. But after a stat correction, it was 20 and 10. So he did get the double-double. He wanted to make that clear. So shout out to Landers. Had to make it known it was a double-double. Yeah, he's sure but true. All the uh, – Overall, I thought it was a great team performance. I really liked what I saw from Landers early. I mean, uh, Jeremiah Davenport came out shooting. I think he, I think he played a very well uh, rounded game. I think he finished with the sixteen. So, very good performance from Jeremiah Davenport off the bench. I thought the tone was set early. I think they went up eight to two early, so they set the tone early and they never really looked back from there. But what stood out to me the most was something we actually talked about on the last episode of this podcast in our keys to win big was you had to win the battle on the glass, and you could not turn the ball over. I think they won the rebounding glass 46-28, to 28, and they only committed seven turnovers. So look what happens when you dominate on the glass and then you limit those turnovers. So that was the key to win big, and that's exactly what they did. And, and it was an 88 to 53, or 83-55 victory over uh, East Carolina. Well, guys, uh, you guys stole a lot of things I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're all on the same page with this. But but let me say something no one said yet. ECU is bad. <laughs> they are. They are. Real. They are bad. They are very bad. Hey, I'll, Smalls, I'll try to, I'll, Smalls is good. But Smalls I mean, nice, like, though. Smalls nice, though. He got but, game. He, he got game. He's like the uh, – it's like uh, – <laughs> Like on an island by himself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he just had he just had no hope. I mean, Brandon Johnson, who was, was averaging double said, double coming in, he just got held to two points and three boards. So I mean, he true. had no help. Who's the kid uh, that went to um, UConn? Tristan Newton, Aaron Jones's nephew. Yeah, he needed Newton. He yeah. definitely needed. It's a different team sure. without Tristan Newton from last year. For sure, year. he definitely needed Newton because he's like, damn, I'm by myself out here. Yeah, so and the funny thing is, I don't think ECU is the worst team in the league, you know, and they they're they're, they're pretty bad. Um, <laughs> so, but <laughs> even though they're bad, I did like the way we played because when you play bad teams, 
You need to have good performance. <laughs> JT, are you still laughing? Because <laughs> you, you can't, because you can't, like, you know, I feel you. That's how I feel. Like, you can't let the bad teams, like, you got to put they, your foot on the neck, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you cannot let them breathe, per se. That's, like, you got to do what you got to do. Because like, you, you got, you, you Houston is always going to be tough. Like, I keep coming back to Houston. Yep. And then Memphis is going to be gangster. And UCF, UCF is tough. UCF is tough better than people too. expect. And so you have to – and Tulane is a monster. I mean, we're the only team that kept them under 60, I think, or, under, you know, under 70 so far in, in the conference. So, like, you got to handle business. So they they, they laid, laid an egg against um, Temple on the road, but they didn't lay an egg against ECU. So I'm happy. And I keep laughing because it's, they they were bad, man. Like, it, like, I think in the middle of the second half, man, I think Neil was like – I seen him typing, and I, like, just start zoning out because it was just like – I mean, you see, was handling business, man. I wasn't worried about that game at all, and it just was—it was crazy. So, but I'm happy they did what they need to do because imagine this would have been like a five-point game, we would be kind of stressing out. No, no question. And, and to your point, this is a game where they need to win by 28 points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The walk-ons got in, uh, which is yeah. exactly what we talked about. Yep. You guys, you guys, uh, I think Neil, you hammered it home. 46 rebounds. We were at seven turnovers. Those are all the things we need to do yep. big. So um, the only other thing I'm going to say is it seems to me that Wes kind of has that eight-man rotation going right now. Yes. And I think he's still figuring out in some ways at what point he gets Dan in and Josh in, how many yep. minutes they're going to get. And at, at times, I think, JT, you made a great point last podcast. I thought Dan needed to play more in the Houston yep. game, especially in that second half. I think to, to West, now listen, as, as a head coach, as they say, when you stand up and you're the head coach, there's so much to manage. Yep. There, there's so many things you have to manage. So you have to rely on your assistant coach, the people sitting down and tell you, hey, this guy needs to be in here a little bit longer and things like that. And maybe they're all still trying to figure that out. But I think, you know, the more games they play, you know, hopefully by the end of January, they have things figured out. And I know p- people are probably like, wow, why does it take that long? Because, you know, early in the season, sometimes you play competition that's not very good. You're giving everybody a chance. And then you start to really get in the trenches when you play a Houston and you play a Temple on the road. You really see what guys are made of. Um, yeah. You know, and I, and I said this last podcast, Neil made the point. Kalu gave some uh, great minutes. Um, yeah. You know, the Houston. Yeah. And, and I know Kalu, I think he played like four minutes this game. But, but it was solid. It was exactly. It was solid. So that tells me, maybe that four minutes goes to eight next game. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Not, I, not to steal your thunder on that. I, I really peeped it because the first half he came in, the game was still. It wasn't. I mean, UC was rolling, but when Kalu got in the game, just like Neil said in the other in Houston, I feel like he added to the like his numbers don't jump off the paper, but like he didn't do anything silly. I feel like his rotations were solid. I feel like he walled up when he needed to. Um, I just think he didn't – it was no drop-off. Like, he played solid, didn't turn the ball over. So, it was like sometimes, like, people will look at, like, okay, he didn't have 10 and 5. Right. But he didn't – when he came in, it wasn't like ECU went on this big run or he was doing silly stuff and committing silly fouls. I just thought he played very solid. Whereas two games, I feel like he's had two games back-to-back where he's – has something he has equity where he's building up you know what i mean where all right it's an eight-man rotation but we might go nine because he's playing real solid like and it's not 
he doesn't jump off the page, but I feel like whatever trackers they're keeping on the back end, he's doing what they want him to do. Yeah, I'm looking at this stat sheet right now for Clue. He played four minutes and 20 seconds last night. But if you yep. look down in the plus or minus, he was a plus seven. He had two big blocks there. I think they both came on the same possession, if I remember right. Two blocks, two points. Yeah, it's two rebound or yeah, two rebounds in the process. So, I mean, plus seven in just four minutes. Yeah, you got to be happy with that performance. Yeah, we're 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 big on Kalu right now, and yeah. I, I think to your point, JT. You know, as you get a little further in conference play, the refs are going to start calling a little bit tighter. You know, Vic's going to get in foul trouble at some point in some games just because he's an active player. It's not a yeah. criticism on Vic. It's just because his his role and he's an active player. Um, Odie might get in some foul trouble. Yeah. But, you know, there, there, there's a saying, ABR, always be ready. And, yeah. you know, Kalu, you have to give him a lot of credit in that he's always been ready. Like, he hasn't put his head down and pouted. Yeah. And he's only playing four minutes, so he gives you all he can give. And I think I, I think a lot of players have to look at maybe Odie. Think about this. At the beginning of the year, Odie wasn't playing. No, no. Odie wasn't getting minutes. Really look at it. And then all of a yeah. sudden, Odie's a starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, right? It's just like if you've been pouting, not working hard, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Even if he wanted to move JD to the bench, it's not Odie. It's somebody else if you're pouting. Or you're not trying to work hard. You just never know. You just got to always, like you said, always be ready. And Odie's coming in, playing solid. Um, Houston, I wish he just would have dunked the ball a couple more times, but I feel like he definitely was more solid against ECU, which is the yeah. buildup. But he he's he had eight rebounds. I think he only played like 18 minutes if I'm right. And that's, that's what you want from Odie. Energy, dunk the ball occasionally, and grab the boards and wall up. So, um, I mean – it's crazy because just think about it. He was playing real low minutes at the beginning. Now he's, you know, a key call to the to this uh, to the engine. So um, hopefully it keeps up, man. And I, I, I'm happy for Kalu because you know he went from a guy that everybody had high expectations on to like, okay, maybe it's not what we expect. To okay, maybe he's building his role. Like we got to lower the expectations, but at the same time, he could be a guy that can um, help contribute to winning basketball. And I think that's the ebbs and flows of, of college basketball. There's just yeah. there's so many ups and downs. It's a long season. And, you know, things change. Like, you think about this, fellas. Beginning of the year, I think a lot of people thought before the games were played on paper and just looking at the hype, people thought this team was better than what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm guilty of that, too. I, I, I would yeah. sit here and be like, I'm one of those people. Now, yeah. I would say – after the Houston game or maybe a couple games earlier, um, I think people's view of this team, I think this is a better team than what people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know yeah. I mean? so yeah, yeah. Like, like it went, we went real high. Yeah. Then we got real low, like the real, real low on the roller coaster. And that's like, I feel like people are too low on the team. Yep. The thing is, we lost to Xavier and everybody's pissed about that. Okay. I understand. Um, I don't like, I didn't like our showing against Ohio State. I didn't like that personally. Um, I didn't like the Temple game or the NKU game. But what they did against Xavier, even in a loss, it sucks because Xavier's the 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 rival, the team that everybody hates that's a Bearcat fan. Um, but that game could have got very ugly, and it didn't because they this team showed a lot of heart. And I feel like they've been real gritty since then. Only game that I have gripe about is the Temple game since that Xavier game. So, I mean, 
I just think people are too low on the team right now because they got enough talent if it works out. I mean, they're not always going to hit 14 threes like they did against ECU, but at the same time, if the ball's moving, you're going to get good shots. If you're making seven threes, seven to ten threes occasionally, but off pure good ball movement, you're not shooting bad shots. You can take the results of what's happening and playing solid defense. So I'm cool with that. I just think people are kind of underselling it, but um, Houston just is a hell of a team, and everybody has to shake their hand right now. We're just not Houston right now, but at the same time, I think we can compete with everybody else in the AAC, and that's yeah, that has to hold some weight. Well, yeah, let me chime in on that. Yeah, JT mentioned the Xavier game. You look at what that Xavier team has done to open up conference play. They just had yep. a big win last night versus Creighton. Yes, they're now ranked yes. what, if I remember right, twelfth in the country. Xavier twelve. Yeah, that's a very good Xavier team. And, I mean, you got to think they were down, what, as much as, what was it, 18? 17, 18 and a half. Yeah, and then they come back and you tie that game up with eight seconds. You have a questionable foul call at the end. Yeah. I mean, you have to be happy with how that team responded and how they turned around. I mean, with, the A, that performance, but then you go on the road in Maui, show that great performance versus Arizona. And then, obviously, the Ohio State game is a little questionable, but – Overall, you're playing two potential top 10 teams and what was it, a 10-point difference between both of them, if I remember right, adding the total. So, I mean, overall, those are two big quality games where they showed they can hang with these big guys. So, I think people are really, as JT mentioned, underselling this team. I mean, then you also throw in Tulane in the factor. That Tulane team's a very good team. That's a high-scoring offense. Ron Hunter's doing a fantastic job there. That Tulane win – is going to probably hold some weight at the end of the season. So that big two-lane win, if they can get two out of two from two-lane, those are two big quality wins for West Miller yeah. and the Bearcats. Let, let me pour some more gravy on those mashed potatoes because, like you said, Xavier, number 12 in the country. Arizona, number nine in the country. Houston, number one in the country. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, listen, they lost a couple games. They're, they're, they're top 25. Yeah, well, they lost tonight, so they'll probably fall out. But but they still been the whole time since that game. They've been top twenty five teams pretty much all year. So they're they're going a little slump. But so you you put all that together, and and you're looking at they competed, you know, well. I think with all those teams, clean up a couple things here and there, and they potentially could win some of those games, right? So let's listen the NKU game. Very disappointing. Yeah. Very disappointing. There was a lot going on at that time, I think, with this team and figuring things out. And and, and sometimes that's the way it is, but it's it's a long season. Think about this. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out on this here comment. Mick Cronin takes over that UCLA team. That UCLA team in the NCAA tournament was in the what was it? What's it called? The first yeah, they were in the first four. First four. First, first four, four game. Yeah, we were in Dayton. And they make it all the way to the final four? Yeah, yep. they were in the first four. That means you're 11 seed or 12 seed. Yeah, it's usually – I think it's either 12 and – Or 11. It's like two, play yeah, 12, 12. 12. Yeah, 12. Yeah, no matter what. But if Unless you, you're 16. You know what I mean? That's for the uh, like HBCUs and the other schools. You know what I mean? But, but if you, you know. go back and look at that season for UCLA, there were so many ups and downs. There yeah. was no one in the UCLA fan base, not even Mick Cronin, not as bad Hep, not Dan. None of them would tell you that team was a Final Four team. True, true. 
true. They got hot at the right time. So mm. with that being said, you have to give Wes and his staff and these kids a chance to kind of figure things out. Yeah. Always be ready. ABR. Listen, Jared Hensley hasn't played in the game, and I don't know when. Yep. But you know what? He better be ready. What yep. People go down. You never know. You got to be ready. You got to be ready to contribute. Just think about it. Just this Kalu is a perfect example. Even the Odie is an example, but he still was playing. But Kalu hadn't played for four or five games. Crazy. And he came in and contributed to probably, I mean, as of right now, every game is the biggest game of the season right now for the Bearcats and contributed. I mean, against Houston, he did not, he didn't, I mean, he had like one negative play maybe. And against Houston, I mean, number one team in the country. Yep. So, it's, it's and he matched the physicality and everything that Houston brings facts, to the table. Facts, like 100. I, I think when he got in versus Houston there late in the first half, they were trailing what by 14, 12, 14. If I remember right, he was a big part of that reason the why they cut that lead yeah. to halftime to single digits, For just because sure. the way he performed yeah. on uh, Jarese Walker defensively, yeah. Juwan Roberts. Like Kalu's a big guy, and he matched the physicality with Houston. Yep. Definitely has made his impact known. No doubt. Yeah. And I think the CCU uh, win is a good bounce back game from Houston. And I think it's a great game to lead us in to another road conference game. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about. So you listen to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Tax League. Now, today, the Bearcats take on SMU at 4 p.m. in Dallas, Texas. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat and football. And football and basketball games get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mios for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. In this segment, we cover players to watch in key matchups. JT, it's on you, brother. I know, man. And Juice Juice had a double-double last game, so. Yeah, shout out to Juice too. Shout out to Juice. Shout out to Juice. Always and he shared he shared our clip he shared our clip too on on IG. So I appreciate that. And uh, I hope he gets a new post game meal from John Newman. By the way, yeah. that was that was pretty iconic. Not yeah, that was great. So, that was my favorite time. I mean, you got you got to set it up. Tell tell everybody what happened. I know we All talked right. a little bit on Twitter. All but. right, yeah. So we got Go it. So about uh, so post game we talked to David and Landers. We were about. <laughs> Well, I think it was right about the two minute two mark. Minute? Yeah, about two minutes. I think it was like fresh two minutes. Well, we kind of, it was a little bit before then. John kind of peeks his head into the room in a little bit. And the next thing you know, it's uh, David was in the middle of answering one of our questions and he answers it. And John just goes, Hey, David, you, you want your post game meal or, or can I have it? And David goes, Ah, you good, man. You can have it. And just, and then Landers, iconic moment, and Landers man. knocks like Landers just start cracking up, like, bro, like, how fat are you with <laughs> this wing? But he had like a whole box, he was, it was like a chicken. whole box of wings and rings. I like, think there was good eight to 12 wings in that box, but it was funny because he was eating some wings like when he came in the door, too. So, like, he had something, like, he wasn't even like fully, like, he hadn't even like swallowed it, paused like <laughs> the chicken, like the chicken he had, you know what man, I'm saying? I like how he's stuck in that pause, JC. <laughs> so, nope. like. <laughs> so so like it was great man like it was like we had some like iconic moments this year that was one of them um but, that's definitely uh, up there with the i hate you still from big yeah Bit. for sure for sure so hey, like and, and real quick real quick <laughs> um could we be seeing john newman and rob fantasy at some point soon so Wes I, gave us an update on fantasy that he 
is starting to shoot, but he's not doing like heavy work, running or whatnot yet. But he's shooting, but super light work, not full activity. But uh, he did give a brief update on John Newman. He said it's just a little bit longer of a recovery due to the due to the injury, and uh, he's not. That was basically all he really said was it was just a little bit more of a more longer time frame, a little bit. So okay. that's really the update we got. Okay, yeah. good. good. Appreciate that. JT, who's in the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Okay, cool. So I am rolling with Big Vic. Big okay. for lock in, has to go on the road, stay on the floor because last time they were on the road, Big Vic was in foul trouble and it went haywire for the Bearcats. So I don't really care about the numbers for Big Vic right now. I need him just to be a presence, not getting foul trouble because if he's on the floor, he's going to get you about 12 to 16. Eight, six to ten rebounds, and he's gonna make some plays and help help people get easy shots. So I think Vic has to stay on the floor against SMU and hopefully impose his will and then help everybody get comfortable. And then, um, but that's the guy because the last time they were on the road against Temple, Vic Vic was in foul trouble and everything went awry. I think he's a he's a stabilizer, and I need him to be on the floor. And I feel like if he's on the floor, everything's gonna be all good. Good good selection. I like that. Now, Neil, SMU is six and eleven right now. Okay, who do we need to watch out from the Mustangs? Yeah, so first off, this is definitely a whole different SMU team from a season ago where they were making that run for the AAC championship. Uh, you mentioned they're six and eleven. This is a team. Obviously, you lose AAC Player of the Year and Kendrick Davis, who transferred to Memphis. You lose the Weather Twins, who were significant factors for. Uh, now former Mustang coach Tim Jankovic uh, last year. So this is a team, a new coaching staff, basically a whole new team. They only got one guy returning that I remember looking down at the roster that played a significant role last year, and that's a guy we're going to talk about, and that's Zach Nuttall. Uh, big forward, he's averaging, uh, I think it's about 13.6 a game, uh, shooting 42% from the field, but SMU's another guard-heavy team, I mean, uh, we've seen it in the past. Their guards do a lot of work, but another guy to keep an eye on is Zariq Phelps. He's a six foot five uh, point guard who's averaging 18 points a game, shooting 40% from the field. So they're another guard heavy. I mean, they also have two forwards who like to really live on the glass, but they're predominantly guard heavy when it comes to terms of scoring the ball. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So, Neil. Back to you again. What type of offense and defense should we look out for from Houston? Yeah, so I think they play, if I remember right, they play at a slower pace than what we've seen uh, in the past. I know last year when they had Kendrick, they really liked to push the ball. But this is an SMU team who really just hung, I think they hung 90 last night on, or the other night versus uh, Tulane. I think it was like a 97 to 88 game. So they really push the ball. They have the capability to score. They'll make you pay for it, um, but overall, I think they're going to want to set the tone early. They're going to play their game. Uh, don't be surprised if we see them try to attack downhill, try to get some uh, momentum going with some shots from behind the arc. But now on the defensive end, uh, I'm not really too exactly sure what to watch uh, with the new coach and all that, but like I haven't watched too much film on them yet. But uh, I know when Jankovic was there, they were very physical on defense. They were another long, lengthy 
team. They kind of like to get in your face and guard. I mean, we'll see it this year when Kendrick Davis and Memphis come to town, and we'll see what Kendrick can do defensively because uh, he's a heck of an offensive threat, but a very good defensive threat as well. So that's what made SMU so successful last year. But they're losing two guys like the Weathers twins. So really defensively, they're just long. They're lengthy. They like to crash the boards. They can get physical, but I didn't really see nothing – too big defensively in the games I watched. I think definitely think the Bearcats can attack their weaknesses and really uh, put some numbers on the board uh, this evening. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahooAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? I'm not going to go generic this time. I'm going to go – I think they have to – Big cats stay on the um, court. I'm gonna um, line it up with that, and then they have to establish him in the post, and then go inside out. So I feel like that will allow them on the road to soften them up, and then allow the Bearcats to get the shots that they want. But they have to either penetrate and dish, um, or get big some touches, and then allow them to collapse and allow you know JD Landers. Um, David to get those easy shots, Micah to get those shots that they want. So I think they have to use that size and, you know, abuse it, abuse it, and then allow the other guys to get those easy shots. So I say play inside out. Um, long as Vic's on the court, I feel like they will have the advantage and they'll be able to make easy work, hopefully, of SMU. Neil, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah, I think they just got to stay calm. I mean, you're coming off a big victory versus ECU. Just got to keep that ball rolling. You can't have another night where you commit 17 turnovers. I think if you get another performance, obviously, Wes Miller and the staff have been doing a great job at limiting the turnovers. Uh, They've been keeping it under 10 a game. If you can have another game where you only turn the ball over seven times, I think that's a very successful night. But it's going to come down to you got to – keep uh, dominating the glass. I mean, last night was a big 46 to 28 on the glass. You keep that, but really you just got to be taking the smart shots. The ball, the ball was popping around last night. And when the ball continues to move like that, this team will be very dangerous. And if they can keep moving the ball make that extra pass, I mean, we saw it on a tremendous amount of possessions last night where they took that extra skip pass, didn't take that, corner three I mean we saw I think Mike Adams Woods did it twice on the extra pass turned down a wide open three and settled for a I think it was like an eight 12 foot jumper knocked them down both times I mean it's just all about taking the smart shots so if they continue to do that keep the ball moving very well I think we'll be in good hands great points I like that the Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood and at Beachmont Toyota uh, real quick JT um I saw you swish around your glass what do we have in the glass tonight tonight we have Little makers and coke, man. <laughs> <laughs> you swish it around like a gangster, boy. I tell you, 
Denzel <laughs> stuff right there. We'll make it a coat, man. We'll make it. Just a little. <laughs> we need to have a segment where we just, what's in JT's good glass? <laughs> For those wondering, we filmed this before we drop it, so it's not looking like JT's drinking at 10 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I literally talked about this in the media room like last night. I was like, man, people are going to think something's wrong with me. But he's uh, <laughs> a morning drinker. No, 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 man. I, I have a legit job. I'm legit. Um, I cover UCL. <laughs> cover UC as well. So, like, I'm a multitasking guy. I'm not just out here. If you guys need a mortgage or something, holler at me. Line of credit or something, holler at me. I'm legit, man. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Good plug, JT. <laughs> now, listen. Um, when, when anytime you play a road conference game, it's always tough. Um, but this SMU team, I believe, has lost their last three games. And we have to come out, much like we did against ECU, we have to punch them in the mouth early. Yeah. You know, first half, punch them in the mouth, get them down. They're going to go on a run. That's cool. Second half, the start of the second half, punch them in the mouth again, and we'll be fine. Now, here's the other thing. If we continue to rebound the basketball that way, like we have 46 rebounds, and if we can turn SMU over 15 or 20 times, I think for sure it's a blowout, for sure. And, and, and that's something we, we need to continue to do that because we got some big games coming up, and we need to continue to build that confidence that we're one of the better teams in this conference. Yeah. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. This is where we cover hot topics. Now, I'm going to take it on a little bit of a different path today. We're going to talk about some other sports than just college basketball, I want to get your guys' opinion, and I want to get your 2023 sports predictions. So here's what we have. And, JT, we're going to start with you. We've got three okay. predictions. I want to know who you think is going to win the Super Bowl and why, who you think will win the NCAA tournament and why, and who will win the NBA championship and why. Ooh. JT, okay. we'll start with you. All right, cool. So – Super Bowl, I'm gonna be biased, but it's got a lot of facts. Um, I'm, I'm going. The Niners are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Why? And why is they have everybody coming back? Like essentially, Debo Samuel's coming back. Everybody's healthy. Injuries can change stuff right now, but they're like whole defense line is healthy. I think they only have like one cornerback that's out, but essentially everybody that needs to be there. For the quarterback, I think even Jimmy G might be back during the, the playoff if we need him as a backup. Well, you guys so like, definitely gonna win it if Jimmy G's back. We don't need. We don't even need. Purdy's better. But, hey, if um, they win the Super Bowl, we buy JT a Jimmy G jersey. Oh, like, yeah, buy a Purdy jersey, man. Purdy, man, he's a legend. But um, but Purdy is solid. Like he's he has so much around him that Shanahan's gonna be able to call and the defense is lights out like that's that front seven is nasty that the secondary is pretty damn good as well and you don't the 49ers don't have to blitz to get to the quarterback so it's you, you got probably defensive player of the year on on the end 
with uh, Nick Bosa. So, I mean, you know, Armstead came back. I think Ken Law is back, and he was out for probably like half the year. So it's just like everything's aligned for them, you know. Um, they play Seattle. I think they should smoke them on Saturday and just keep rolling, man. Only team I'm really worried about on the NFC side for for Cincinnati. I mean, for uh, for Niners is the Eagles, but yeah, I don't know. Game. The Eagles are nice. The Eagles are nice. I can't even hate. I'm not gonna hate on them. But besides that, I think the I mean Cincinnati. I'm not saying, but the Niners roll through. You so, sure? That, what's in that cup again? What's in that? I know, right? <laughs> I'm tripping. Because, like, for real, because, like, I, I I literally think the Bengals and the Niners are going to play for the Super Bowl this year. So, you know, I've been saying that all all season. So that's why I keep saying Cincinnati because I want to give them some props. But yes. I think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be the third time those two yep. teams meet. I, I think the 49ers still win. Um, but it's going to be a hell of a game. But I just think uh, – I think just um, Shanahan is just a hell of a coach, and he has so many toys at his disposal. It's gonna be too much, but that's why I think wins. So okay. I know I'm a little biased. I'm a legit 49er fan, but um, right, okay. So, but I'm going NCAA. I'm going Arizona Wildcats. Man, watching them play Bro, against man. watching them play against UC, they were better than advertised, and they have enough. Like I think. Like they got they're like eight deep, but everybody on that team can play basketball and they got like the perfect complement. You got the big guy who can post a little bit, can shoot the three, and then you got the big bruiser who's like gonna get you 10 rebounds, 10 points, no matter even on off night with Ballo. So it's like it's they got everything you need and everybody can shoot on the perimeter. So I think they're gonna barring crazy injury, I think Arizona is the team if I'm, I'm not even going to say anything else. I, I like Houston a lot, too, but I think Arizona is just so offensively, like, great that it's going to take something very special for them to get to get beat. And I think you could take that anywhere. Um, so I'm going Arizona. NBA? NBA, NBA right now. Hmm. I didn't think about this. This is the one I haven't thought about. If I was going to be biased, I'd say the Lakers, but I, that would be like I'm smoking. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, I'd be smoking – you really think the Lakers would win it? No, all? no, no, no. That's my team, though. I'm saying if I was being biased, I would just say that. But um, just being like a real purist, if hmm, honestly, I would say the Celtics. Mm. Mm. I don't want to say that because with the Lakers, I'll say the Celtics. If I was coin flip, if, if the Pelicans can get healthy. I would say it would shock the world and win one. Hmm. Okay. But I'm going to go Celtics because I feel like they have the people that have been there. They have the heartbreak. Time to take some heartbreak to get to the top. So I think they will have a good chance to win. They just have everything that matches up with every team in the NBA. So they got it everywhere. Strong point guard, um, two dynamic scores. They can play on both ends of the court. If Williams can stay healthy in, in the pivot, he can guard and block everything. I think they win their deep. They got a, uh, you know, a couple, like a lot of complimentary players that can do the same thing, play strong, like stay like six three, six four, with uh, dang, what's my guy that played for the Bucks? Can't think of his name. Save my uh, life. Uh, Brogdon, Brogdon. They got Brogdon and White. They both can shoot, facilitate. I mean, it's got a lot of people, and they still got Horford, who's like fifty five years old, but. Damn. 
on a good day, he can get still you. Still putting up buckets, too. Yeah, like 20 and 8, like, you know what I mean? And on a bad day, he's still going to play solid. So, right. I think, I think honestly, I think the Celtics, barring something crazy, I think they, they win the championship this year. All right, Neil, same thing for you. Super Bowl, NCAA, NBA. Yeah, so I think, me personally, Super Bowl, it's coming out of the AFC. I hate to disagree with JT. <laughs> I know the Niners defense is a phenomenal defense, but Jalen Hurts, not 100% healthy, so I don't see it coming out of the Eagles. I mean, I think the Eagles, they're definitely, like, I th- feel like teams have definitely exposed a little bit of their defense from mm-hmm. recent years. I mean, the 49ers defense is phenomenal. It's just, will Brock Purdy continue his hot streak is what it falls down to for the Niners. Uh, JT mentioned they have the options, all their off uh, players coming back healthy with Debo coming back. But now the AFC, man, that's, you got to think like that. You got to run through a Burrow, an Allen, a Mahomes, like, Although this like AFC championship controversy is like something that's definitely a factor, you got to factor in the Bengals lost Lael Collins for the year. Now potentially Alex Capo with an ankle injury. So, I mean, that's going to play a big role for the Bengals to see how that offensive line really addresses uh, as the postseason comes down to it. But then you just got to think like, first off, how cool would it be to see Buffalo win it with everything that has gone down in the few recent weeks? Like, it would just be a storybook ending for a guy like Tamar Hamlin uh, if they could win one for him after everything that's happened in the recent weeks. But everyone knows Kansas City. I, I think it's going to be Kansas City or Buffalo, in my opinion. Uh, Mahomes and Allen, it's no no doubt they're the top two QBs in the league. So I think it's going to come down to Kansas City and Buffalo. And uh, either one of those two teams is going to win the Super Bowl. NCAA. NCAA, I, I got to agree with JT, with Arizona. I mean, uh, Tubelas is the real deal. He's 6'11", lengthy, can score on all three levels, can defend, capable of a double-double every night. Like, Tubelas is the real deal. And then you pair him with dynamic court guards and Courtney Ramey, who's a dynamic playmaker, can shoot the ball. Then you pair him up with Carissa Kerr, another great point guard. So, overall, and then you got Ballo, as JT mentioned. Like, Ballo's arguably in contention for player of the year. So, I mean, if he can keep putting up the numbers, he could possibly be in that conversation. So Arizona is just a nasty physical physical team who they can do a lot of different things. They're very gifted on the offensive and defensive end. I think they're very well coached. So I definitely, me personally, I think it's going to be Arizona in the final four for sure. And I definitely can see them winning it all. Hmm. Okay, good. Uh, NBA championship. NBA I got to agree with JT on the Celtics, uh, but Golden State would not shock me if they made another late season mm-hmm. run. Steph Curry's missed about 12 games mm-hmm. with an injury, a shoulder injury. Everyone knows how dynamic the Warriors dynasty is. You have all the talent in the world out there. Jordan Poole's starting to play very well. I mean, he's played well the last few years, but uh, Steph Curry mm-hmm. comes back healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State makes another finals run. But overall, I think I think the Celtics get this one this year. I'm going to tell you what. I don't think we've recorded a podcast this season where I've agreed with almost everything you guys have been saying. <laughs> I mean, so much – so many things I, I, I think they're on point with. So I'll start with my Super Bowl prediction. I've said this um, you know, since the early part of the season, uh, Bengals 49ers in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I think the Bengals win it. 
I think it's the Bengals year. I think this Bengals football team is better than last year's Bengals football team. Um, and, and, and there's just something magical with, with Burrow. I'll, I'll talk about him in a second, but I got to give the Bengals, you know, just ownership, a lot of props for really turning things around. I mean, where ownership is now compared to, I don't know, what was it, five, seven years ago, um, the changes they've made. Man, it's just been incredible. And you, you know what? You, you got to give some props to Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, what's the saying? He, he called so – so Zach, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And he really did. Marvin really pushed. I think he pushed about as far as he could go to get Mike Brown and, and the organization to yeah. things up. Right? He just couldn't get over that hump. And I feel yeah. like it set the stage for a guy like Zach Taylor to get the bubble. To, yeah, to, you know, the, imagine, they, yeah, the bubble. They didn't even have a indoor facility. They used to come to UC, like even as of last early latest last year. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I, I, NFL team had to come up to a college campus to practice. And, and I, I think a lot of that has <laughs> to do with, you know, you got to give a lot of props to Katie Blackburn. She's a very, very smart yeah. person. Yeah, she's um, legit. Yeah, she's definitely legit. You know, she's, you know, she's got great leadership skills. Um, she's, she could walk in a room full of men at that NFL level and yeah. not back down from any of them. Yeah, I actually sit on a board in the city together and we sit like right next to each other. So I've gotten to know her a little bit and she just has this quiet confidence about her, man. She's very impressive. I've just been very impressed in listening to her talk and how she thinks through things. So it's no surprise that the Bengals organization is making, you know, big strides. Um, You know, so but you know what? I just thought about this. It's so crazy. If we think about. Seven years ago, who would have thought that everyone would be praising the Bengals organization and be criticizing the Reds? It was completely flipped. Oh, yeah, for sure. For right? sure. For sure. 100%. Right? 100%. I mean. Nobody thought we would be here. No. Nobody. going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. It was yeah, a complete, complete 180. Yeah. Um, and I'll say, I'll, I'll say this last and I'll get out of it, but there's there's players and people that come along that just have it yep. you can't necessarily always put your finger on what all that is and burrow has it plain and simple yeah um and to think there were a lot of people that in the 2021 draft wanted chase young over joe yeah. Burrow. and yeah. they that did was 2020 draft was it 2020 what i say 2021 yeah 2020 draft sorry 2020 yeah. draft Sorry. Yeah. In that 2020 draft, they wanted Chase Young. And I remember listening to talk radio and Tony Pike, of course, he's quarterback bias. He's like, no, 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 no. You cannot pass Joe Burrow. You can't. No. You couldn't. That was smart. Like, you can't. Nah. Dalton would have, like, even with Chase, Chase Young is probably going to make a ton of Pro Bowls. I mean, he was a monster his first year for injury. But you need that quarterback. Response from the injury as well. Yeah, and you need a quarter. You just need a quarterback, man. Dalton wasn't gonna get you. Everything had to be like how the 49ers have it set up right now for Dalton to even maybe get you there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like right now, like okay, you could drop Dalton five years ago in there and probably be okay. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. but you can't drop him into a Cincinnati organization who's not like stable like that and think he's gonna get you over the hump. 
I mean, he's not going to – even with the team they have now, Dalton's probably going to get you a wild card. You're not going to play a home game, though, with him. Yep. You know I, what I'm saying? So yeah, no question. You gotta I, get you gotta get the you gotta get that guy. My bad. I didn't want to take your thunder though. Go ahead. That's right. I just think it's a it's a perfect storm of the you know the Bengals organization making a leap. I mean, just think listening to national uh talk show TV guy, Stephen A. Smith. I mean, Stephen A. Smith used to go off on the Bengals. Oh man, man, he used to go like he used to have like his most viral moments with them. And right. Keyshawn, even Keyshawn at the beginning, Keyshawn Johnson used to go hard on him. And then by, by the middle, maybe late season, he kind of was like, nah, man, there they got it. And he was like, he's been a he's been a Bengals hater. Like, I'm yeah. like, damn, you know what I mean? I'm a 49 fan. I'll be like, damn, he he's going a little tough on them for real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I I've he changed I've, his tone. I've got the Bengals winning it all. Now, um, NCAA, I totally agree with you guys after watching Arizona against the Bearcats and then watching Arizona a couple times during the season. Yeah. Um, I just think offensively they have everything they need. Um, they'll tighten some things up defensively. Um, and if you, if you look, I mean, I mean, we could look at last year's final four. I think a lot of teams in the final four last year um, did, they were pretty equal on both ends, meaning they played good defense. Um, were good on offensive as well, but I don't think any of them are as elite offensively as Arizona has the potential to be when they have all things clicking, man, they're, they're so tough to guard. And Neil, you mentioned a lot of those guys uh, with Ramey and Larson and uh, we got ba- uh, Ballo, um, all those guys. And, and they'll be tested in the pack, the pack 12, you know, UCLA, USC on the road, just all those games. They'll, they'll be tested. They'll, they'll be ready. They won't, you know, they won't shy away from the big game in NCAA tournament. Um, so I've, I've got Arizona. I agree with you guys. Uh, going on to the NBA, um, I'm also going to go with Boston. I think Boston Golden State uh, will be the championship game. Um, and even though I think Golden State probably has the advantage from a standpoint of they've been there, done that, um, they've got that that championship swagger. I think there's something cool brewing with Boston. Uh, my friend Joe Mazzulla is the head coach of the Celtics. Um, Joe and I go back. You know, Joe Mazzula played for Hugs. Yeah, I knew that. That's why I was like, he, I was like, who is this? I'm like, I know him from somewhere. And I was like, ah, he played for West Virginia. Like, I remember Buddy. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Like, I saw him. I was like, who is this dude over here coaching the team? Like, I know him from somewhere. I was yeah. like, and then it like popped up. And I was like, ah, oh, that's where it's from. Like, he was a point guard, combo guard, wasn't he? Um, yeah, well, he was pretty much the, he was pretty much the gu- the guard. Um, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I thought he was like the main dude, like, when they, like, yeah. was, yeah, yeah, I remember, I was like, man, I know this dude from somewhere, why he looked so familiar, and then it was just like, boom, all right, my bad. Yeah, yeah, no, he, um, you know, he and I go back, um, because when he finished up his career, and he was playing a little bit professionally, um, Hugs actually asked Joe to reach out to me in terms of looking at like that next step of, of what, what, what could happen with his, uh, um, with his, you know, business career like that. So he and I actually got together. He actually came to Cincinnati and sat down and we had breakfast at first watching Kenwood. That's crazy. No, true story. We struck up a friendship and then he got, I told, I, the advice I gave him, I'll tell you guys the story real quick. Um, I said, if you truly want to get into coaching, I said, you know, you've got to pay your dues just because you were a great player in college doesn't mean you're just going to you know, get a job. I think you got to pay your dues. And he went and got a high school 
assistant job, worked his way up, became an assistant at Fairmont State, ended up getting the head coaching job at Fairmont State. Mm. He became really close then because he recruited a lot of the players in my um, AU program. Nice. And then he makes the jump and leap to the NBA. And then, you know, with the situation that happened with the Boston Celtics and their former head coach, um, Jason Tatum in a post game basically said, I want Joe Mazzula as the next head coach. He forced the hand of ownership. That's dope. They, they had no choice. I text Joe. I said, bro, weren't you just coaching high school basketball? <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's like, it's been a crazy. I still text him. I that's still, what's up. He texts me right up. back. Like, bro, I'm going I'm need, I'm I'm to need, need, need a plug for you then on that one. Off the, yeah. off the thing. Yeah, my lady, my lady is a big uh, Celtics fan, so we might need. I'm going to the game when they play the Pacers. He's uh, Work. yeah, he's he's down in, as I came in Indy, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm man, Austin. That's <laughs> too far. Yeah, yeah. that's as far. <laughs> yeah, I'm Go going there. to Indy, and I think I'm taking. Uh, I think that game, so Alec Pierce and I talk. Yeah, I'm taking him to a game. I think that might be the game I take him to. So. Pierce, Alec told me to text him after the season was over, and then we're, we're going to go to a game. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe if I get enough tickets, we'll make it. We'll make it a, a Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast uh, game. Anytime you guys yeah. want to go to Pacers game, let me know. All right, bet. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, love, I, have... I love the Pacers arena, man. Yeah, it's legit. It's not a bad seat in the house. Yeah, I'll I'll actually be up there in next week, two weeks, doing what a. You- Gonna do the Pacers G League game up there on a Wednesday. It's either I go there or do a Cleveland Charge game again. But the Pacers uh, uh, G League team plays about half their season in Indy. Okay. Let Let me know when when you go to those um, G League games, Neil. Um, let me know the teams you're going to watch and who and who some of the players are. Because sometimes I know some of those players. Um, you know, just from either AU or just know them and stuff, I, I'd be more than happy to connect you up with any of those guys if I know them. Yeah, for um, sure. Definitely will have to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I got a couple of buddies that play in the G League, and I just – I've met a lot of those guys through through a couple of those buddies. So, yeah, I'd be happy to connect. But I'm telling you, man, I love – I tell you what, if there's the people out there that listen to this podcast that have kids that, you know, want that NBA experience, mm-hmm. Pacers games are awesome, man. You, it's an easy drive. Super, yeah. I don't – exit there's plenty of parking um it's, it's food places right i mean you like food places everything you need to do is right there by the arena it's, it's, <laughs> you, so, it's walking distance like everything is walking like you go to a bar you can go get some food team great hotels are right there like it's legit man great arena man I, and they it do is. a really nice job of being you know fan friendly when you walk in there they you know hey thanks for thanks for coming to the game you need anything just stuff. I mean, just with all the fans, and yeah, you know, that's it's, it's, it's impressive, man. So, so yeah, whenever we want to do that and go. So my guy, you know, uh, T.J. McConnell, the guard for the Pacers, um, and our good good buddies. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's yeah, what's up. Yeah. yeah, we go back to when he played for Arizona. My best friend was the assistant coach at Arizona. Okay. Fly out to the Arizona games to be with my my best friend, and uh, got to know T.J. real well. Still talk to him. Once a week, um, great. One of the best dudes. Like you would never guess that dude was in the NBA. Like he's so- yeah. I bet. I bet he probably just blends in like, for sure. That's so dope, though. Yeah, but he's the most solid person, man. Just really, 
one of my favorite people, man. Favorite That's people. Dope. So the Twyman segment sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria, 2634 Short Vine, before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now, real quick, guys, um, I did my podcast at Meals um, before the uh, ECU game with Bearcat legend Lenny Stokes in the building. Lenny. The headband assassin. Um, he was he. Let me just say this real quick. I, I got to say this about my, my brother. He he was awesome, man. He told great stories, um, engaged with the fans before and after. Um, he he was like the perfect guest, man. Um, so it was great to have have Lenny in the building. Now we've got so many great former players that just are really great with engaging with the fans, man. Not for I'm sure, good. man. Right? Lane's a good dude, man. That's my guy, man. Yeah. No. That's my guy. Nah, that's not generally good dude. Like, for sure. Like, just a yeah. dude that you, you want to be around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just yeah. a good dude, a help, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Just just good, genuine dude, man. Like, I'll I, I rock with Lindy, man, always, for sure. So that was pretty dope to see. Um, you know, y'all have the the pod. I saw him at the at the game. I was too far away. You know, we got those that the media rules, man. Oh, <laughs> can't, man. can't go as far as he wants anymore. Really, <laughs> man, it's crazy. Haters. Yes, somebody did something. <laughs> <laughs> Always one. Money, money can go baseline. We like we like uh, you know like you make a make a made shot. You can move baseline to baseline. Yeah, they, that's see. us, man. See, it's always one person that messes one it up. One person, man. I don't know who did it, man. I know it wasn't Neil. It was Neil. It, was <laughs> it wasn't Neil. me. I can tell you that. It was not me. It was not me. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't Neil. I don't think it was Neil. So we, we won't call out any names. No, nah, it's all good. Oh, but we got We got to give a shout out, though. I, I completely forgot this last podcast, but we got to give a shout out to my guy, Keith Jenkins, who uh, you know recently stepped down from the uh, the Inquirer. Um, Keith yeah. does an amazing job or did an amazing job reporting on. Bearcat Athletics, uh, great reporter. Um, I know you guys got to know him really well. He was just at the game the other night, but uh, definitely shout out to Keith. Anything you guys want to add to that? Yeah, definitely shout out to Keith. Uh, we appreciate everything he's done. He's been phenomenal to just be in the room with. He's one of those guys, like, just so knowledgeable. He's very – you can learn so much from being in the room. I mean, me, especially being just now so young – being in the room with a guy like Keith over the last three years, you you've been able to learn so much just from being being around him. He's a genuine guy, super nice guy, very intelligent. He's overall just one of those great human beings. So definitely have to give a shout out to Keith. He's played a very big role in my my journey. And JT knows. I mean, he's just one of those overall good dudes. So definitely gonna miss Keith. Uh, Keith being around for sure, man. That's my my guy, man. So. 
you know, he's been on multiple pods with me. Um, he, you know, one of the, you know, bigger pods, you know, it was me, you, Keith, and a couple other people, you know what I mean? Big Terry and, oh man, that was um, huge, you know, pod. huge. Right. So, um, but even before then, you know, I had Keith on my pod. I know you had him on your pod. Just a good dude, man. Like now, I mean, Tim, Tim's, you know, he's waiting on his first, his first kid. So now, like me and Keith, we kind of, you know, how me and you kind of look at shoes. That's my guy. Like he comes in, I might have something on. He has something on. And we kind of talk about it. Like even before we talk about Bearcat stuff, right? And he's out there. So it's going to be crazy. So we need the Bearcats to get in the top 25 so my guy can uh, be around a little bit more. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I talked to him personally. Just, you know, I'm happy that he's happy. So that's the, at the end of the day. That's, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, I know he, we had, you know, talked to him before and, you know, he had discussed certain stuff and the rumors that people are like pushing out are false. Um, it was something that he just wanted to, to do, give himself more, uh, mental peace more so than anything. So, um, whatever narrative you're seeing out there, are truly false, man. Let's, I, I, from what I've talked to the man on a consistent basis, I know what's going on. So I'm just happy that he's happy and I was happy to see my guy, um, you know, against Houston. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, just just everybody that, that watches the pod or listens to the pod and follows the Bearcat, just let you know if you see Keith covering a Xavier game, it's because that's his job and he is battling just as much as you are. So do not trash my guy for covering a Xavier game. He's working for AP right now and they're in the top 25. So uh, don't bash him because he doesn't, he hate Xavier just as much as any Bearcat <laughs> fan. So I'm, only, I'm throwing that out there now. Like we talked about this, we talked about this for three years. So I'm letting yeah. that everybody know now on the, on the Bearcat tip off. Pod, so, so. so they shouldn't, they shouldn't bash him. Like I got bashed for going to the Xavier. Yeah, game. man. Yeah. They should not bash <laughs> the same way. They were killing him, Yeah, man. Cause you, they said, <laughs> they screenshot you with Chris Mack. In the suite with Chris Mack. Yeah, I know. I know. They said you had the chain. They said you had a Xavier chain on. I'm just messing. I didn't see. All, I didn't see all the comments, but I, I heard I was getting. I was getting killed. As a matter of fact, some some Xavier people were were, were uh, telling me about that the other night. Oh, for real? Yeah, I was. I was somewhere, and there were a bunch of Xavier people, and they were like, "You better not come to another game, man, because they go at you on Twitter." Yeah. I didn't even know these people. I'm like, really? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the way. That's the way Bearcat fans how, are. They that's want how it goes, man. But you know how it is, man. You know, you. I was telling somebody this the other day. Um, if you're around things long enough, you build relationships. For sure. No, for sure, for sure. No, man. For sure. And, and, and relationships to me are, are way more important than anything. Like, like I know I have one Bearcat fan hit me up, and I know him. Yeah. But hit me up because he was like, how dare you go to the UD basketball game and hang out with, you know, Anthony yeah. and John Brandon. And I'm like, bro, you have to understand this. First of all, I've got a kid who played my program. Who's on UD's basketball team. That's yeah. what I want, right. Yeah. So I want to go and support Brady. Yeah. I've known Anthony Grant for years back when yeah. he was assistant at Florida. He, he's like salt of the earth. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then John Brandon, I grew up playing basketball with John Brandon in St. Bernard at the outdoor courts there in St. Bernard when I was young. I've known him forever. He's been good to me. Things didn't work out at UC. Yeah, they ain't got nothing to do with you. They got nothing to do with you. He's never been, 
he's never been like rude to me. He even texts me when everything went down. You see, he says, Hey, thanks for all the support. Sorry things didn't work out. Hopefully we can remain cool. And you know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's, life's about relationships. You know what I mean? For sure, and, for sure man. No, no, no. I'm I'm a you, to add on to it, it's crazy. Like one of the people, like, you know, I, I despise Xavier. Like, I had one of my best friends graduate from Xavier, um, from high school, but uh essentially like me and like Jalen Reynolds, <laughs> like that's literally my guy. It's crazy. Like we had the same barber. I mean, you know, he's not in Cincinnati anymore. But mm-hmm. literally, I like after the crosstown shootout, like I see him getting a haircut. <laughs> like, and I'm like, you know how I report for him. He knew I report for him or whatever you see and stuff like that. And whatever. And I'm talking like, why y'all, you know, and I'm like, look, why, why you do my guys like that? <laughs> like he's like, man, I gotta do what I gotta do. But it's like I've built a rapport like off the court with one of the players like he would come with other people would be like a freshman blah 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 and i would talk to him and i i despise Xavier, but like me and Jalen reynolds he's good in my book you know what i mean like you might they you see fans like hate him but just like at the they, they all human at the end of the day at the end of the day so um and i i mean at the end of the day when, when he's not wearing a jersey i got i want I always want like, people to do good i'm not a not a for hater sure. on that point so jt if good people are good people I yeah for it. sure you know what i'm saying they're good because he, he could have been an like asshole to me if he wanted to. Like, I'm just a reporter, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a media guy. Like, he could have been like, ah, yeah. oh, this guy, like, you know what I'm saying? But, right, you know, and, we had a good rapport. Like, I'll see him out, boom, you pay respect, boom, boom. And, and listen, see him, listen, have to be next to me. When I went to that, when I went to that Xavier game and I was in that, um, I was in the suite, the Xavier suite at the Xavier game, um, Chris Mack. I used to, so Chris Mack grew up playing basketball against and with my brother. Okay. So my brother's seven years older than I am. And when I was little, I used to go to the gym and I used to watch guys like Chris Mack, PJ Mays, Dave Tramber. Uh, I'm naming like high school goats from back in the day. Um, and I would watch them and I would watch Chris Mack and I would learn things from them. Like Chris Mack was the first person to ever tell me what a charge is. When I was right. a kid, and I was in the gym. He took a charge, and I'm like, "What is that? Explain it to me." This is a fact. Yeah, he showed me crazy. That. So I've known him for that long. He's always been great to me, regardless if he coached at Xavier or Louisville or wherever. Yeah. You know? And the guy who had the suite, Kevin Barnett, he works at Channel, or he's the sports director for Channel 12. And guess where I do my basketball report, the uh, basketball hot segment on? Yeah. Oh, that's my yeah. get my boss on it. So I'm up there hanging out with two friends and get blasted for and then when they when they put me on TV with them, I was like, oh boy, here we go. I'm about to get get roasted. But I don't care because it's yeah. it's about relationships. Oh, for sure, man. You got it is what it is, man. It it is yeah. what it is. At the end of the day, you, it, like I'm saying, like it's people on that side that I've got a lot of respect for and are like got good relationships with. Like it's just it is what it is. Like one of my best friends was assistant AD. For Xavier, so like, it sucks, and I give him shit about it all the time, even to this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, one of my guys, he got his master's degree there. He's the AD, the main AD at Norwood right now, and freaking has his master's at uh at Xavier and was uh, uh, assistant. Yep, yep. And that's awesome too. Him. Like, you know, these relationships they go a long way, especially in the media aspect. I mean, most of the guys who cover this Cincinnati area, whether it's Cincinnati, Xavier, NKU, Miami, you see them on a constant basis. Like you go out, you'll see these 
WCPO channel 12 guys, like just build the relationship with them. Like those, that's, what's going to help you in such a long way. I mean, me younger, obviously I see like, yeah, yeah networking's big, like, yeah. especially now, like just graduate. Yeah. Networking's huge. But yeah. in the end, like a person's a person, we're all human beings. So, I mean, just building those relationships, like, Hey, I'm so-and-so like a relationship, those relationships can build you a long way. And I mean, it definitely comes to show that. And that's something, I mean, we've seen it with you, Alex. I mean, you, you just talked about it briefly. I mean, look where those relationships have gotten you guys. Those relationships are key. So yeah. there's no reason to be like, Oh, well yeah. for them, blah, blah, blah. Like relationships are key. If you yeah. got a good relationship, there ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Nope. Yeah. Fandom, fandom is fandom. That's what makes people tune into the show for sure. And I'll respect it. Yeah. Hey, like, yeah, you take strip away the fandom relationships are key, you know what I mean? Like, you can't let your fandom block you from having a relationship with somebody that can be mutually beneficial or just be respectful. Like, you can't disrespect somebody because you hate the team and it's due that didn't nothing to you as a person. Yeah. You know, if a person did something to you, then okay, you can use the fandom and do whatever. But as a man to man or man to woman type situation, they never did anything to disrespect you personally um you gotta give them a shot at the end of the day so just being a fair person fair human hey it is what it is man but you know i want people to not like xavier so that's cool uh, <laughs> well, listen listen I, I grew up it was in, in my house rule you do not cheer for xavier you do not you cheer know, for my show, man like like it's like like even when i see kids like people with xavier stuff i'm like ah, a little different but still oh i, I, mean, I, I give it that it makes me it makes me clam up even those colors bother me like when I see the colors, I'm like, Ugh. it makes me clam up. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like if I don't know you when I see you with the stuff on. I'm like, Ugh. like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, conversation. Um, but well, you know, it's cool. <laughs> here's the thing. Let me let me let me throw this out there too. Here's the thing. So from day one that Luke Fickle was here to the time Luke Fickle has you know left. Oh man, I got another one for you. Go ahead. He's been great to me. Yep. Um, yep. when he first got here. I told him, I said, hey, I got a kid in my basketball program that I think would be a great recruit for you. And he says, here's my number. Text me who it is and let's talk. And I text him. He responded. Hicks, Javion Hicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a kid out of my program that I told Fickle about, um, which they would have, listen, I'm not taking credit for them recruiting him because they would have found him anyway. He yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. They wanted to make sure that, that he was on their radar. And I'm like, no. This kid needs to be is. a cat. And then from that point on, Luke Fickle, would, he would text me about basketball questions because his two um, twins played basketball. Um, you know, he, he and I even text uh, early in the season. Um, so he was always great. I mean, always stopped and talked to me. I think, was it Camp Higher Ground? Neil, yeah. I don't know, around us yeah. when he came over and talked to me for a little while. Yeah, Camp High Ground at the uh, – I think that was last day, Camp High Ground Family Day. Yeah, yeah. I remember. That's the one I couldn't make. Yeah, I remember you went up there. He went – Coach Fickle went above and beyond out of his way to make sure everyone was getting, like, recognized. He was talking to everybody that day. So, overall, he's a great guy. For sure. So. For sure. Hey, all right. So, I know I don't have any bad things to spew about Fick. He showed love, so I'm not tripping. Um, it is what it is. But did y'all see – that they took remember what we talked about on the last spot about Huber's dad? They edited the article and took out those comments. Did they really? Yep. Wow. 
I did not see that. I did not hear yeah. about that. Yeah, I saw it late last night. You know, I, I saw so it tired. after the presser. Yeah, the presser was like, oh, look at this. Took it out. Wow. Took out the comments. Interesting. So interesting. Took it out, man. Wow. Yeah. But I had to drop that before we. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Did you see? And, and, so, so the point I was making too with Fickle is, if I see Fickle, I'm I'm gonna go up to him, say hello, show him love, because he was he was great to me. I mean, people didn't like the way he left. You know, whatever. Yeah. I, I think we're in good hands with Satterfield. So on to the next. You know, yeah, yeah, you gotta go. You gotta get the next person next chance. It sucks I, at the end of the day, but. It sucks, hey, man. but that's what's college the, what's, football what's too. Like college athletics, like college athletics. What life is constant change, man. You just gotta man. adapt. Good point. Life it's is constant change. change. Life is constant change, man. That's no what it quarter. is. No you gotta roll with it. Good and, or bad. And you look at um uh Greg Scruggs, who was with you see that jumped to the I believe he's with the uh Jets. Jet. Right? Jet, yeah, he's up there with sauce. Yeah. Now, now he's at Wisconsin now. Oh, he went to Wisconsin. Okay, I didn't see that. I yeah. I didn't see, yeah, I didn't see he went back. Yeah, so Fickle just uh, hired him on. And there were some, like, Bearcat fans going at Greg about it. And Greg and Greg tweeted, oh, I got time today. Oh, and dang. <laughs> he was about to go in on some of those people. And it's like, man, leave that guy. I've known Greg since he was, gosh, maybe in eighth grade. He played in the basketball program, but he was a drummer. Funny story about Greg Scruggs. So he was a drummer in St. X's uh, band at halftime of the football games. Okay. Coach Speck, the head coach for St. X, used to try to convince uh, Greg to come out for football, and he wouldn't. He was the biggest one in the band. (laughs) He was a hooper. And Greg will tell you, basketball is his first love. And we had to finally convince him. To go play football and to mm. stop like playing AU basketball, and he did. And he played, I want to say, three games for St. X. And he had Louisville, UC, Tennessee, I can't remember other schools all lined up in the end zone at the St. X versus Elder game. And I'm like, mm. they're all here to watch Greg. He was just on a basketball court, having not played football his entire high school career. And then so uh, Charlie Strong was the head coach of Louisville. And Charlie um, gave him a scholarship. He goes to Louisville and then goes and wins those rings in Seattle. Um, He ended up going to the Bears and the Patriots. And then uh, then he retired. But you talk about a guy who came from, you know, his his story is amazing. Just truly amazing. I mean, he's he's one of the like. If you ever meet him, he's such a dynamic speaker, dynamic person, man. To see him just in the position he is, man, it's awesome to see. Great, great dude, and I'm happy for him. So, forget all that UC fickle stuff and all the all the people are mad. I mean, you gotta be happy for a guy like Greg Scruggs coming from poverty, poverty to where he is now. Super Super Bowl champ twice. Yeah, you know that's impressive, man. Yeah, and Greg Scruggs is also one of the guys too. We had good, we had a lot of great uh, interactions. I know definitely a few times at practice, like before and after, he would come over, ask us how we were doing. Like, just an overall great dude. He was always going out of his way to check in on all of us. Like, hey, what do you need? I do something for you. Like, just a great guy. So I mean, to see him having the success he's having, like, you got to be happy for a guy like Greg Scruggs. Uh, sure. Greg Scruggs. I know we we have a different 
uh, view of him because we were around him quite a bit. Yep. So, but yeah. nah, he's such a great guy, man. Such a great guy. For sure, yep. man. Man, For sure. This this pod went a little longer than we expected, yeah, but yeah. all good content though. For sure. All really good content for the Bearcat fans. So the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. Now, we will be back with another new episode January 18th at 10 a.m. previewing the USF game. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats!